Welcome to Treasure Talks. Today I've got Brian Morrison, breathing practitioner, and um, I've experienced a bit of synchronicity with this one recently during the lockdown where I've took place in your breathing classes. But um, thanks for joining us, Brian. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thanks very much, Sam. I really appreciate you inviting me on. Yeah, it's great. Looking forward to this one. Yeah, I think it's, I wanted you on as well because I think it's so important to take control of our immune system. And I found out what Wim Hof was doing. And then it was, uh, I think it was a friend that put me in touch with you through Instagram. And I just decided to take a look at your classes. And this was before the lockdown. And then when that happened, I thought, well, that's going to be something on the back burner. But um, that's what I was going to ask you. Has the lockdown affected you both in your personal life and with what you're doing with the, the breathing and, and things like that, the classes mm. that you do? Yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, like uh, like everyone, it's had a dramatic impact on on my life. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, as I say, like everyone, really, it's just been a, a process of trying to work out what is the you know how do you kind of work with this situation? How do you deal with this situation? And every day, it seems to be that you work out a new thing that you didn't know about yourself the day before, you know. And that's been a, a real process for me trying to kind of manage this situation. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, th- I think for many ways, my life has been kind of similar to most people's, but in terms of, um, yeah, the Wim Hof method and how that has been affected, you know, so I would have been running, uh, I had a, at least, uh, four scheduled workshops, which are, um, kind of groups of up to 20 people in a room together who engage in deep breathing exercises, some movement exercises, uh, and then finish off the day all individually getting into an ice bath. So obviously none of that can happen um, with with lockdown and then even coming back when we're rolling back out of lockdown, who knows what the kind of what that looks like coming back. Um, so when obviously when that sort of started to happen, you'd seen like most people who work in this industry, whether it be in yoga or they run gyms or fitness, whatever it may be. I started to see obviously like everyone else did a whole bunch of classes popping up online. So guided yoga sessions through to, you know, uh, CrossFit sessions, you just seen them all popping up. And then all of the people in my little breathing circle, you know, the people I follow or friends with on Instagram, I started seeing all of them running these um yeah online breathing sessions so there was a real kind of burst of energy i think as soon as lockdown came where you just left right and center everywhere you looked it was a new online class you could have done a new online class every five minutes if you wanted to in the first few weeks of lockdown and um and i was sort of quite cautious about that initially i wasn't really sure what i wanted to do because of course a lot of people were and, and with total good intentions, we're kind of offering all of these classes for free initially or, you know, donation based and, and these sort of things. And then other people were charging. So there was this kind of I had a question around, well, what was the what was my approach going to be for one thing, like from a practical point of view? Like, how would I deliver a breathing class? What would that look like for me? But also then I had a kind of ethical conversation with myself about, uh, you know, do I charge for this? Is this donations only? What does that mean if I don't charge and these sort of things? Because whilst it's great to give away free classes, two things happen whenever you give away free classes is one, it's sort of, you know, it, it 
reduces the value of perhaps what other people are doing so other people who are um you know charging for these these sessions of course then it it sort of undercuts them in a way so um it perhaps it reduces the value if people aren't placing value on it with by paying you know even if a few it's a few pounds or something like that um and then the yeah the other side is then it it, it puts people who are it's their job at risk you know whereas for me i'm lucky enough that i don't have a i don't have i don't rely on wim hof at the minute anyway for uh, wim hof teaching as my full income i have a teaching job that that luckily i was still being paid for so whilst it wasn't a, a matter of kind of me really needing to to be paid for those things it was quite important that i felt like i wasn't um like just diminishing anything that anyone else was doing you know by by offering these free free classes so so for me i kind of ended up i decided i would charge five pounds for the set for, for a set of breathing sessions but then offer them open to anyone who couldn't afford for it, afford it at the minute whether they've been furloughed or they've just lost their jobs or whatever they could they could join for free um so that once i kind of had that ethical conversation myself then it was about putting it together what would a what would a breathing session look like for me? Which, which you know now because you've attended one. <laughs> well, many now. I yeah. Think you've been to, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I've really enjoyed it. I've I've got to say, when I first was about to join it, I, I did it. I was excited for it because I've uh, looked into Wim Hof, and I think I'd uh, spoken to you before or seen your profile and and stuff like that. But I didn't realize how powerful it would be just through Zoom, and I just find that interesting that you've had to. This is all whilst trying to adapt and I think as you say we're all trying to adapt and learn things about ourselves each day and, and that's happening because we're going inside ourselves and our minds and that's why I think this is so important because there's more than just the physical benefits isn't there to this as well um, but yeah I, I, I think I attended the first one the free one that you you did and then I was after that I said yeah I, I've got to work continue <laughs> gotta do it regularly yeah yeah i think that's a that's a also yeah so the first session that i offer on on the, the digital the online sessions are free for anyone that wants to try it out and and really that was as a i guess like a bit of a hook really just to try and get people in because um you can look at all of the photographs of me doing breathing sessions or getting in the ice baths or getting in the cold water or or even look at you know read about what wim's doing and and all these sort of things but really until you uh, experience that moment of of you know when you've been breathing deeply for 30 minutes let's say that moment of clarity this moment of stillness this moment of sometimes euphoric feelings or emotions and all these things that do regularly come up through deep conscious breathing until you feel those things and experience those things uh it's you know there's there's no explaining you can do you know i can't explain it to people and uh and you know it go it just it the the kind of experience is is the key thing you know when i started the first session i had i think i had 12 people on it and at the at, throughout the course of these weeks the most i've had on it now is 96 so so it's so it's just gone it's gone nuts i mean numbers are kind of leveling out a little bit now i think that you know of course like anything there was a peak where people were really looking for things to do and as we return back to a bit of you know as lockdown is being eased and that sort of thing you know, numbers, of course, are going to go down a little bit, but I'm still getting 50, 60 people every week coming and doing these breathing sessions. And it's not, it's not, you know, I'm sure hopefully some of it is down to me, but it's certainly not all down to me. It's down to this process, this activity, this this thing that happens through this deep conscious breathing that, that Wim Hof has managed to, to work out that, that 
just induces these feelings and these sensations that people are not familiar with, but feel like they want more as soon as they, as soon as they feel them. I don't know if that was the same for you, Dan, whenever you, you experienced it the first time. Yeah. Well, I've been doing cold showers, which, um, Wim Hof's a big, big advocate of, and I've been doing that all year. And then I sat down to do some of the breathing techniques, literally just a couple of weeks before I, I, I joined one of your classes, but, I've not experienced anything personally anywhere near what I have in the classes. And I, I was wondering, because I've been, I can't stop shouting about it now. I've got my, my parents have joined. I've got family that have joined the classes as well. But you, you know, when you're explaining what, what it is to people, ultimately you're saying it's breathing. So it's like you're trying to explain, but like you're saying, until you experience it, you don't know. I was wondering if you have any difficulties when trying to tell people what you do and and would you class your i introduced you as a breathing practitioner is that what you would title yourself as with that yeah i mean i'm not too i don't i don't concern myself too much with titles but i mean that that's that's sort of the thing yeah i guess i mean i uh, breathing practitioner when my Hof method instructor is sort of how i you know describe this part of my life i'm also like everyone dan we're all multifaceted, dimensional beings you know so we do often we're always doing lots of different things you know but yeah within that context yeah breath breathwork practitioner and Wim Hof method instructor is generally how i describe myself but yeah it, it's it is an incredibly difficult thing to communicate to certain people i think that um you need to find a way in sometimes that's the thing like there's got to be a way in for you based on however you you know exist in the world what your belief systems are what your value systems are whatever that you know whatever that looks like for you for some people there's no way in no matter how much i tell them that that you know this this is deep breathe conscious breathing trust me it's not like breathing you've done before for some people it doesn't matter what you're saying this guy's just talking about breathing. I, I know how to yeah. breathe. He can't, he can't teach me how to breathe. And, that, and, and I understand that. I, I'm certain that at certain points in my life, I'd ex- I would have said exactly the same thing, you know, to someone who was telling me. But the yeah. thing that I just try to explain is that if you, if you imagine breathing as this function, right, that we have, we have our body as endless functions. Uh, and we have endless kind of, not endless, but we have a set of specific um, vital organs, our lungs, our kidneys, our stomach, our heart. And all of those things happen automatically. They're all part of our autonomic nervous system. So your heart beats automatically, your stomach digests food automatically, your kidneys um, produce adrenaline automatically. And, and, and all of these things inside our body all just happen automatically. Our lungs breathe automatically. We don't have to think about it. But the one thing that is different to the lungs than all of the other organs that we have, all of our other vital organs we have, is that breathing and the lungs is the thing that we can control consciously. So whilst it does happen automatically, 24,000 breaths a day, something like that we take, and we pay attention to very, very few of them, only whenever we have to, for whatever reason. But out of everything else inside the body, the lungs are the only thing that we can control. So we can decide consciously with our mind to stop breathing if we want to. We can speed up our breathing if we want to. We can slow it down if we want to, but we can't you know, decide how well our food is digested or how, 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 how fast our heart beats, those sort of things. None of those things can be controlled through the mind. So what I try to explain is that, that the fact that that is there, the fact that that is this conscious ability to breathe, the conscious ability to slow down our breath and all those sort of things, it's got to be there for a reason. And we are not using it. 
it's just, this is a, a tradition that was as old as time, basically. If you look back at any of the ancient civilizations, yogic uh, civilizations all talk about the breath. Prana, the life force, Japanese and Chinese cultures talk about the breath. All of these things, and it's all connected to deep conscious breathing and, and experience through deep conscious breathing. And for some reason, this has all been separated from us over the last however many thousand years. We've been removed from this activity of deep conscious breathing. So when I'm trying to explain it to people and, and get past that point of, oh, it's just breathing, it's like, well, it, it is just breathing, but this is a, a deep conscious breathing activity that you most likely have never done or have never experienced in, in this type of way. And what this does is it's, it's, it's a kind of, um, it's the magic of the human body. It opens up the magic of the human body. It starts to give us access to areas that we wouldn't normally have access to, whether that be the, you know, the deep recesses of our physiology and getting into the tissues and, and how the kind of uh, blood vessels open and close and all of these things are affected through deep conscious breathing through to, you know, expanding our consciousness and some, you know, spiritual awakening, all these, whatever, whatever way you want to look at it through deep conscious breathing, we can get access to all sorts of things that we wouldn't normally get access to. Yeah. And, and what you get a lot now is people forget, you say it's an ancient practice, but um, it's, it feels like we lose a lot of information through generations and it's because a lot of the time we're rushing around and I can imagine a lot of people are shallow breathing. They're not breathing in much. I mean, it's a few years ago, I started just being a bit more conscious of it without doing anything, um, too much rather than, um, so, uh, I'd, I'd done some yoga and meditation, but I wasn't keeping it up enough. Um, but just being conscious of it, just sitting there when I'm working and realizing that I've actually, I'm not thinking about my breathing. I'm sort of shallow breathing. Um, but I can imagine that in itself is, is what a lot of people are doing as well, aren't they? And not breathing. Yeah. Yeah. It's been explained to me that we've become a society of um, chest breathers. So what that means is that the, we're tend we have a tendency to breathe through our mouths rather than through our nose. Yeah, And what that does is our mouth is directly connected to our chest and it's breathing through our mouth is directly connected to our fight and flight response of our nervous system, which I'm sure you know about. But when we take, if you imagine um, the scenario of some, you know, something dramatic happening, whether that be a, uh, I don't know, car crash or something like that, you know, or your car pulls out in front of you, you're about to get knocked over. The first thing you do is, you know, you take a big gasp breath there. And there's a reason for that. And that is that it is the, one of the first signals to the rest of the body to respond. So this deep breath in through the mouth sends a signal to the rest of the body to respond. So you basically automatically kick the body into the fight or flight response. And what happens is all of those internal systems turn on, your heartbeat raises, your, your kidneys start to pump adrenaline into your body so that you can run away or you can fight this situation. And it's the breath that is the first, um, the first kind of signal into the body there. So what's happening in contemporary society is we are, you know, we're not faced with those types of threats that often, you know, we're not nearly getting knocked down all the time, but we are being kind of continually bombarded with, you know, uh, work emails, seeing people on Instagram that we're jealous of for, you know, seeing things that are slightly upset and having, you know, arguments with our, our partners. So this kind of little constant little bits of stress that just bubble along under the surface. So we, instead of having that immediate, oh, and then 
you know, this big panic, this burst of energy, and then we, you know, we run away or we fight something and then we come back to normal. What's happening is that we're just basically entering into this fight or flight response, but at a, at, right at the bottom, basically. So we're sort of continually breathing in a manner, we, we affect our breathing in a manner that is essentially in the fight or flight response at pretty much at all times. So we're always up high with our breathing. <gasps> And we're always breathing through my sword. Our, our heart rate is always just slightly elevated. And we're always just sort of teetering on the edge. Most of us are just teetering on the edge. And then when something happens that is slightly more stressful than those kind of baseline stresses, I don't, you know, someone cuts you up in the traffic, nothing really bad, but something that is enough that can just tip us over. And before you know it, you're screaming, you're shouting, you're panicking, you're freaking out, whatever it is, over something that's pretty, you know, not life-threatening, let's say. And that is that is a, a byproduct of this constant state of being high, you know, uh, in an elevated state, in a slightly elevated state at all times. And one of the things that is that the Wim Hof method specifically, but lots of different deep conscious breathing techniques can do is it starts to retrain the body to move out of that state, out of that constant fight and flight state into the rest and digest rest and digest state so we're dealing with two sides of the nervous system here we're dealing with the parasympathetic which is the fight and flight response and the sympathetic which is sorry the sympathetic which is the fight and flight response and the parasympathetic which is the rest and digest response and the and the human body needs both sides of the of that central nervous system to be functioning well for us to be in a kind of healthy optimum state and as soon as the one of those sides isn't functioning very well that's when we really start to suffer you know um whilst uh wild animals have a very difficult life you never see them struggling from lack of sleep or or you know or or those sort of things and yeah. that's because their bodies are super efficient at swinging between these two states they go and they hunt and they catch their food they eat it and then they, you know, they sleep, they relax and they regenerate their body. And what's happening to us is that we're, we're, but it's basically constantly in this state of fight, and fight or flight. We're, you know, society of people who can't sleep and all these sort of things, constantly worrying, constant anxiety levels are high and all this sort of stuff. And this is one of the big reasons is because of, of being unable to switch between fight and flight and the rest and digest. And what's amazing about the Wim Hof method is that it encourages the body back into doing that through this deep conscious breathing but also through through cold exposure where we swing the body around and it automatically sort of pendulums back to to a neutral state that's that's really interesting i didn't know any of that mm. and i think anyway as i said just a, a normal work day for a lot of people they're probably in that state but even more so now with lockdown and it's just a good reason to um to start thinking about these things because at least people are maybe off work and get a bit more time to, to think about that. Um, but I, I've had some amazing experiences already, as I've mentioned with the classes and I, I went before coming on here, I wrote down the different experiences for me personally, each, I think I've done four of your classes now. Each one has all been a different experience, completely different from the one before. I think the first one um, I'd been grieving and I think I may have, um suppressed it and that um, it wasn't as though sadness came out but it was emotional that's the only way i could explain it and i think i i almost cried that one i cried in the second one and then after that the other ones felt more empowering i had um, random memories and flashbacks which i've had that before with 
um, meditation as well. And I've, I've never understood uh, why that happens. And it, it seems so clear, um, the flashback. But yeah, I just, it's, been a, it's been amazing. I've, I've had somewhere I felt just bliss after takes me a while i come back from it and i think i just got to sit down and add some time to myself relax before i do anything else in the day yeah 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 i mean it's it's you know i'm sure people that maybe have never experienced this stuff is list are listening to you saying go what breathing all these different things are happening through breathing and you know i i I can absolutely relate to that i'm i you know uh, my kind of first experience of breathing was, you know, whenever I started doing this Wim Hof method stuff. And, and so I had no perception of it. You know, no, I had never heard anyone talking about any of the experiences, just that he was this ice man and he was like, you know, curing diseases and all these things through breathing. And uh, I was like, okay, this is interesting. But I had no, no one had ever talked to me about these experiences as you described them. Um, so I had no preconceptions of them, but I can totally understand how if I heard someone talking about like, what are you on about? I don't, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure about this, you know, but it's it. Um, but when you learn a little bit more about kind of the physiology of what's going on in the body, whenever we play around with these uh, with, with these breathing techniques, is it, it sort of demystifies some of those things that you're saying a little bit. So it's very uh, it would be very easy to. Um, without any knowledge, just kind of assume that that sounds like sort of, you know, mumbo jumbo, you know, what are you talking about? How can you have memories just through breathing? What's happening there, you know? Yeah. And whilst there are definitely things that go on in those breathing sessions and that we can't really explain because I've heard, I've heard every, everything you've just described there, Dan, I've heard a million times of different people for, for different things in terms of experiences, you know, uh, plus a whole plethora of other things that, you know, that you didn't talk about that I, that I hear people talk about in these sessions. So there's definitely stuff that we don't understand. But what we do know is that whenever we uh, go into these deep conscious breathing situations for an extended period of time, we start to play around with the chemistry in the body. So um, in the Wim Hof method, we take a set of consecutive deep breaths, as you know, and then at the end of that set of consecutive deep breaths, we stop breathing for a period of time. And what happens is that because we've taken those deep breaths in, when we are uh, when we sort of let our final breath go and we're holding our breath, we're we're not breathing rather than holding our breath, which a retention is what it's called, but we're not breathing and we're able to not breathe for a much longer period of time than we would be normally. And what happens because we're also in an incredibly relaxed state is the body moves into a point called the oxygen deficit zone. And what that is, is the point at which the body has expelled. Um, so whenever we, we breathe deeply, we fill the body full up of oxygen and we spe- expel carbon dioxide out into the atmosphere or whatever. So we lower our levels of carbon dioxide in the body and we increase well. We increase the O2 levels in the tissues rather than in, in, the, in the blood. Lots of people talk about blood saturation, oxygen saturation in the blood. It's more to do with how we saturate the tissues rather than the blood. But anyway, that's a bye by so in our body, we kind of have a, a, an imbalance of CO2 and, and O2 whenever we engage in these deep breathing exercises. So we breathe in, we breathe in, we get rid of CO2. And then as we stop breathing, the CO2 levels gradually increase just through the normal body functioning processes and to the point where the CO2 levels get so high that our bodies say, look, you need to breathe. We need, we need some oxygen into the body. But because we have increased the amount of oxygen in our body, the time that it takes to get that for that oxygen to rise is much longer than we normally would experience if we just held our breath or we stopped breathing or whatever, just on a random whim. 
And that allows the body to dip into a thing called the oxygen deficit zone. So the oxygen deficit zone is a point at which basically there's, you know, uh, a, a deficit throughout the entire body of oxygen. And why would that be a good thing? Why would we want, you know, a, a where we want a deficit of oxygen in the body because what it does is it, it then sends a signal to the body to release stress hormones to, to re, basically to say look you need to breathe you need to get your body to breathe so your body releases stress hormones cortisol and adrenaline so you might have felt sometimes you feel like a heat sensation or you feel like a an energy or a tingling throughout your body and quite often this is the feeling of adrenaline flushing through your body so adrenaline flushes through your body you're lying down it's not like, you know, any other time when you're experiencing adrenaline, it's usually like on a roller coaster or something, I guess so you're screaming and doing whatever else, but you're lying down, you're completely still and relaxed and adrenaline flows through your body and it pushes your body into the fight and flight response, but basically without your body realizing. So you, you, you lay there, you don't feel any of those negative associations that you would feel from that normal fight or flight response, it floods the body with adrenaline and then it slowly just swings back and relaxes back. So you swing the body into, into fight and flight, into that kind of burst of adrenaline feeling, but in a relaxed state. And then the natural inclination of the body is to swing back into, into a neutral position. So we go from one side to the other, all in the, in the course of a few breaths. So I'm guessing that helps us manage stresses of normal, normal days, like you say, where people are going into that um, fight or flight mode. We get to sort of... Um, just deal with those stresses because our body's used to it then from that, I guess. Yeah, exactly. So, so, uh, you, you know, it's, um, lots of people would maybe hear that and think, well, we don't want to put our body under stress. We don't want to put our body under stress. And for the most part, that is true, but the body actually is designed to deal with stress. What it's not, but stress in sort of short bursts, which is what the fight and flight system is all about. So what it's not very good at dealing with is long periods of kind of subtle stress, which is what we deal with now. So by putting the body both in the, in the breathing exercises and when you do the cold exposure, the same thing is happening. Essentially, they're complementary therapies, which is why they work so well together. But whenever we experience that flush of, of adrenaline through the body, two things happen. One, just as you point out, is that your body is suddenly becomes familiar with that sensation but in a different way. So it's about adaptation. So your body adapts to this new, or it changes its, its relationship, the association to those physical sensations that you would feel. So normally whenever we drift into anxiety or fear or panic or whatever, that feels terrible. You know, we feel terrible, we feel bad, but that feeling is actually due to the association to whatever the perceived threat might be at that situation. The, the physical properties of what are going into your body, you know, they're not emotions. They're just physical things that are happening. They're just connected to emotions, to, yeah, to whatever the situation might be. So when we experience the same physical things that we would have lying down in a relaxed state, yes, we start to then familiarize the body with that sense of, that sensation so that it becomes not a, it's not a kind of dramatic thing whenever those things happen. We don't feel as, as panicked or as freaked out or however you want to describe it whenever those things happen. So that's the one thing that happens. Um, but the other thing has happened is that the body, the body is designed to want to be in a neutral state so the body doesn't want to be in fight and flight all the time and it doesn't want to be in rest and digest all the time. It wants to be in a sort of neutral state. So if you push the body into one state or the other, it will automatically, after a period of time, want to swing back into this neutral state. So if we're stuck constantly sort of leaning into fight and flight, it's never 
it's never going to want to swing back because it just gets stuck here in this constant stimulation and constant, you know, anxiety and panic and all these things all get stuck in this state. Whereas if we push it into fight and flight in a slightly more dramatic way, not dramatic, but a slightly more intense way, but for a short period of time, the body then will automatically swing back to rest and digest. And then it'll start to, to swing back into this, this neutral state. So there are, there are a couple of things at play at this, in this deep breathing in terms of stress and anxiety that, that are really, really beneficial. My yeah. own, sorry, my own, my own personal experience was that when we, when, you know, when, when people were, when I first started the method and I started to get into it a bit more detail, I started to realize essentially that, oh, hold on a second. My body is not reacting to these situations the way that it once did, you know, literally to the point where, you know, uh, literally that, that thing, I always use the example of someone cut me up in a row because it literally happened. And often that would have been the thing that would have just flipped me over the edge, you know, I'd be having a rough day, whatever it may be. And then I'd be driving home and then some, you know, someone would be rude on the road or whatever. And that would just send me in you're so inconsiderate blah, 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 you know that you can you'd be yeah. off but uh i this this happened and then i, I did i was like yeah whatever and it wasn't until much much later on it wasn't even in that moment it wasn't until later on i got home and i was like making my dinner or whatever i was doing i said hold on a second i didn't react to that and i started to replay lots of different things that had happened that week and i was like actually i have what is going on i haven't been reacting in the same way so so it's almost as though it's not a conscious thing and often we think about you know, healing ourselves or, or dealing with problems in a very, you know, cognitive brain orientated way. I'm going to do this thing and this will fix this thing and do this thing and this will fix this thing. And I will stop myself from doing this, blah, blah, blah. When sometimes it's the body that needs to be retrained almost always. In fact, it's the body's experience that needs to be retrained to change our relationship to these situations. And this is what, this is what the Wim Hof method and this deep conscious breathing can do. Yeah. And it's a, it's a great way to take control of your life, isn't it? When you reclaim your power for your immune system and like you say, then I've felt that experience as well, where something that would warm me up usually. And even just in terms of the body, like you say, um, because the way it can now deal with stressors, but also even my mind anyway, just knowing that I have the ability to do that, then makes me think, well, you know, just think about my breathing and, um, and that I am in control. And I think that's what, that's been a great thing of doing this at the moment, whilst uh, we feel so powerless at the minute with what's going on. And, and people often do anyway. I, I think um, generally speaking, people look externally a lot rather than what we can do for ourselves. Um, but I, I wanted to, you just talked briefly then about your experiences and some of the things you first noticed. Um, mm-hmm. how, how did you find it then? Because you, you've already said as well that, you didn't know as much about it because it probably wasn't being publicized as much then. And then I, I wouldn't mind going into your uh, discovery of Wim Hof because we've been talking about him a lot and sure. there might be a few people who are still wondering about him as well. Yeah, of course. Yeah. We probably should have given him a little intro to begin really. Um, yeah. My, my journey then. Okay. So uh, basically what happened to me, I, uh, so I kind of, uh, I work in education and have done for the last 10 years. I'm a lecturer at a university and at, at uh, I teach photography and uh, you know, I'm a visual artist and these sort of things. So I'm not connected to this wellness world, you know, at all, really. I mean, um, but what I was connected to was the experience I was seeing um, year after year of new groups of young people. Um, starting university, incredibly um, incapable of managing their mental health. 
and uh, year on year, it got, it, you, I would see it get worse and worse each year, you know, and to the point where, you know, uh, they couldn't be in the same room as certain people, they couldn't speak in front of certain people, these sort of things. What, what do you think that, that is, the reason that it's getting gradually uh, worse, do you think? I know uh, it's probably a lot of things. Yeah, 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 it's a big, big conversation. I'm not sure I would be qualified to really make, a, yeah. make an assumption on that. I mean, I, it's... it's, it's I have my own thoughts and theories on that, but but if we, I, I can keep it connected to to Wim Hof because because he because his um, his explanation for why his method has been so popular and so successful, let's call it that, is simply because of of today's society. So what has happened is that we've become entirely comfortable, basically. You know, of course, there are lots, there's lots of um, pain and suffering in the world, and don't get me wrong, but if we take the Western civilized world as a, um, as a kind of example, you know, the, the, the kind of world that's not in poverty, the world that's not starving, you know, the world that has abundance and the world that has comfort and the world that has central heating and all, any food that they could decide to have and cars and all those sort of things. So if we, if we take that world, those specific people as an example, they've all become, we've all become far too comfortable. So our bodies back to physiology again, our bodies are essentially the same, um, you know, physiologically our bodies are essentially the same as they were you know a hundred thousand years ago and um the hunter-gatherer generations of of our past our ancestors our bodies are essentially the same there's not there's not that much has changed in that period of time evolution takes a much longer time so our bodies are designed to live in a world back then and the world back then was you know immeasurably different to the world that we see now but primarily we had extended periods of time where we didn't eat we were living in the most harsh environments imaginable freezing cold winters roasting hot summers you know um all of the any 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 number of immeasurable um you know challenges would have been faced upon us and yet we are the ancestor we are the survivors of the people who managed that to get through that situation so all of the strongest people our ancestors are all of the strongest human bodies that got through that point and we are there we are there you know their siblings however yeah. many times removed you know so our bodies are equipped to deal with so much that we just do not use essentially at the minute but what happens in the body is the body is also really, really efficient at adapting to a certain situation. So whilst we haven't changed that much through generations and generations in terms of our basic physiology, throughout the course of our lives, our bodies can be basically deteriorate dramatically if we aren't using them in the way that they once were used. And that doesn't mean that we should be out, you know, running, you know, a thousand miles just to get something to eat and then eating for a day. And then, not, you know, that, that's not what I'm saying. And I'm not saying that, that comfort is a bad thing. But what I'm saying is the fact that we sit down all day, the fact that we're in all of these uh, climate controlled environments is that our body is never using the stress and the energy that it has inside it. And if the body isn't using all of that energy and all of these things that it's equipped us, is equipped to use, then all of that energy starts to, to basically go inside and it starts to basically diminish. It starts to atrophy. Our body starts to not function in the way that it, it wants uh, would and also because we're not having these kind of short periods of stress like you know yeah trying to hunt down an animal or go for weeks without food or days without food because we're not having these moments of stress what's happening is that essentially we're we're 
uh, yeah, we're just becoming sort of uh, weakened and unable to to kind of deal with society as in a in a in a bigger spectrum, really. So yeah. trying to yeah, trying to kind of think about our bodies as these machines, these survival machines, essentially. That if they're not being used, they they start to, to wither away and they start to stop functioning as well. Which is another reason why we would be pushed into stress and anxiety and all these different things. Yeah, that makes sense because obviously if we're not tapping into those abilities and, um, and, and these things that our bodies do, they might also wrongly react which we've kind of touched on as well. Um, with, with things that aren't, um, things that our ancestors, ancestors would go through. Um, but I just found it interesting that you, you said that people are getting, or in your experience, you notice people's, uh, mental health was, uh, gradually declining more and more often. Um, and I, I, I noticed that myself and I've got, my own sort of opinions on that when it probably is the comfort thing and social media and and things like that um but yeah that that's what sort of led you to um yeah, look so, at this for yourself yeah so so i think there's there's lots of lots of reasons and contributing factors into into the reason why i see these levels of uh you know diminishing mental health in young people and yeah social media and the stresses and all these kind of different things are definitely feeding into that for sure but yeah it was that um it, it, that, that was one of the things that was there are many reasons how i ended up becoming a Wim Hof method instructor and into this world really but but that was one of the things that i seen was to started to see this kind of increase of of yeah of people struggling that's the only way to describe it really people are struggling and that uh seemingly the only answer for most of them was to be put on some form of medication which didn't seem in my opinion to really be helping that person in any 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 way you know of course there this i'm not talking about mental illness here this is which is a slightly different thing which of course i'm not um i'm not saying that that medication is a bad thing necessarily but um you have to ask some questions about antidepressants and these sort of things that have been around for a really long time and we haven't seen a drop in in levels of of depression if if antidepressants really were you know the magic pill then of course we would see a drop but we haven't so uh you know again i'm not talking about uh you know diagnosed medical illness this this is more about kind of the questions around what what is happening with the uh you know what are the solutions for young people right now or for anyone right now what are the things that are on offer to help them with uh, anxiety and depression and all these sort of all these sort of things and for me it didn't seem as though the things that they were doing were, were, were helping them um so and also, I, you know, I was dealing with my own kind of, uh, like everyone, my own stresses and anxieties and issues and these sort of things as well. You know, I was, I was not, um, uh, you know, I wasn't spared from that, that kind of sense of, of having my own worries and, and anxieties and, and also seeing them increase, you know, over, over as I got older and into my mid and late thirties, I started to kind of feel anxiety and, and maybe my past you know, uh, life sort of coming back and, and causing me some, some trouble. So basically the big shift though for me was whenever I gave up uh, smoking. So I, I basically spent all of my life uh, as a very unhealthy person. So I'd be smoking since I was 14 and, uh, you know, I, I was drinking probably not many years after that and you know, every weekend and uh, went through a period of taking drugs and things, you know, long period of taking drugs um, and partying a bit too hard and all this sort of stuff. And, 
Uh, and whilst I would never have classed myself as being addicted to any of those things, it was certainly an unhealthy way of living your life, you know. Yeah. Um, and as you get older, you sort of just take it as that's, you, know, you just do that at the weekend, you know, that's just the thing that you do. And then eventually I sort of, you know, wised up a little bit, let's say, and I kind of calmed down a little bit. But I decided then eventually I would give up smoking in my mid-30s. So basically I've been smoking for like 20 years and I decided to give up and then I did. And I, and, and when I gave up then, uh, I, there was a big dramatic shift in my own well-being. actually that I was, that I, um, I noticed, uh, a lot of anxiety coming up in the, both in the process of giving up smoking, but the period of time after that, a lot of anxiety, very, very deep anxiety that I had never experienced before. So I ended up then having to go and seek some support from uh, counselors and different, you know, different kind of the traditional routes of, of looking at, I started then investing heavily in exercises I started boxing and running and, and doing these things as a way to try and you know combat some of the emotional stuff that I was going on and it was through that really then that I just started to look at you know what else was out there I think it was probably I can never remember exactly when I first met or first discovered Wim Hof but it was probably through that process through you know um just looking at kind of well-being and what is it other what other stuff can I be doing to improve my I mean I started doing yoga and then some meditation stuff which I could never really get on board with and then however whichever way it was whichever path it was it might have been there's a famous vice documentary about Wim Hof there's a a couple of podcasts on the Joe Rogan or the Joe Rogan podcast he's been on there a couple of times so probably one of those things that I seen or, or paid attention to is like right okay let's try this like um and then, yeah, I think I just started dabbling in, in, the, in the breathing exercises, literally watching, you know, clips on YouTube and, and this, that and the other. And, and I wasn't immediately hooked in the way that if I'd have gone, I think if I'd have gone to a guided session like, like you have yourself, that's a very different experience. And, you know, sitting in front of YouTube, you know, just breathing deeply and not really, yeah. you know, not really knowing what, what you're doing. And um and then I eventually, I can't, again, I'm not entirely sure exactly what it was that convinced me, but I ended up just buying one of his online courses. I think I got tired probably of trying to, trying to get it, but seeing endlessly people talking about this experience. So, so I ended up doing this 10 week course. Um, and then I sort of just dipped and dipped and dabbed and that really for a while, I didn't really get into it fully. I was sort of probably about six months. I would do a week here and a week there and blah, blah, blah. And then it came to the January of whatever year it was, I think it must be 2000. 17 maybe and i was like right look i'm just gonna new year new resolution i'm gonna commit to this course it's a 10-week course i'm gonna do it every single day for 10 weeks and i did and on about the third week of that my just everything just changed i just I, I remember taking this deep breath in and holding the breath after a whole period of not being not breathing for a while and just like letting letting my breath go and just everything like just going nuts you know just sinking into the, sinking into the floor having all of these thoughts and experiences and just like oh my god what was that you know it's like what was that i don't even know i'm I, you know like i said i've done a lot of drugs in my time but <laughs> yeah. i've never experienced anything like this what is going on so that was it that was hooked then after that i was just gonna say um did that change your life from that moment did you feel like then when you experienced that and you realized you're capable of doing that well, the, yeah yeah well what happened was that after that whenever i experienced that moment i i'd say probably the day that day or the day after i decided to become an instructor so it was literally like, okay, this, this is too much. This is, this is, there's something really, really special here. This is not just 
a training course, you know, like a physical training course that I would have done before. And this is not just a, a learning experience, which I've done lots of through, you know, education. There's something here, something I want to, I would call it as embodied, you know, that it's, that it's a feeling rather than a, a thought process. Yeah. This is something that I'm feeling here that I've, that I have never felt before that feels incredibly powerful. Yeah. And sometimes it's hard to explain when it's literally that, isn't it? When it's a feeling, obviously you can't really explain to people exactly that feeling. Yeah. I think, I think it's basically impossible to explain, you know, it's, mm. it's, it's, it has to be, it has to be experienced. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> as I mentioned, uh, we haven't mentioned some of the things Wim Hof's done and the feats that he has managed, but I think for me, that was the the first thing that caught my attention. I'm not sure if that was the same for you because I, I know you just mentioned the voice documentary and that was one of the first things I looked at, but I didn't, you don't think it's going to be something for you, or at least that's how I felt. I was like, that's interesting. But, um, but I wrote down some of his achievements and how he's, he ran a marathon in the desert without drinking water. Um, I don't advise anyone to do that. He was uh, <laughs> under a watchful eye of uh, professionals. He's done an hour and 42 minutes in ice. Um, and uh, is it true he had E. coli um, injected into him and he fought it off by immobilizing his uh, immune system? Apparently, that that to me just blew my mind. Yeah, I could I could tell you more about that if if you if you if you like, I can tell you more. This that's yeah. a very specific um, experiment. This so the thing that that separates Wim Hof perhaps to um, other people, uh, maybe who make claims about certain things that they can do or they can't do. The thing that sort of separates him is that. He is one of the few people, if not the only people in this sort of arena, this, this kind of non-pharmaceutical, non-traditional medic, medicine arena. If you think about all of the things in that kind of like holistic therapies or whatever, however you might want to describe the thing that Wim Hof does, this Wim Hof method or anything else like, I don't know, uh, like breath work or um, Chinese medicines or, you know, aromatherapy or um, I don't know, any of these other things that claim, you know, yeah. medicinal um, uh, things. Wim Hof is one of the few people that has managed to get some of the science community on board, some of the kind of traditional science uh, community on board. And the thing that you're describing there is one of the, it was the, was the shifting point in, in kind of Wim's journey, really one of the big shifting points in Wim's journey, because for the first time, the scientific community were like, okay, yes, you can do some of the things that you're claiming to do. And one of the things that he was claiming to do was to consciously um, affect his immune system and consciously activate his, his immune response, which up until that point had been in, in medical science was impossible. So you, you had no control over it. So you got sick, you got a disease, you got an infection, whatever it was, your body, your, 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 uh, set, your immune system would just go through its three lines of defense and it would, whatever would happen would happen. You had no control of it whatsoever. But what Wim was able to prove with this experiment was that he was able to affect how his body dealt with essentially uh, an invader uh, into the body, which is normally, so if you think about um, getting the flu or getting the cold or getting a, getting a, a virus, the first thing that happens is your body purges. It tries to clear this out. If it gets to your, not to get too technical about the immune system, because I am not a scientist and I'm not a doctor, so I often you know, might get things wrong, but your immune system has three layers. So the first one, the first immune system is your skin. So your, anything that stops 
things getting into your body is your first layer of immune system. So your skin is your is uh, your first layer. The hairs in your nose, the saliva in your mouth, which is antibacterial, hairs in your ears, tears in your eyes, all these sort of things are all um, their first line of your immune system. So if something gets past that, then you have your second line of your defense. And that's when you see your uh, white blood cells um, and red blood cells getting involved and your body starts to flush out the system. So let's say, take the example of, of, of the flu. Well, then you cough because you're trying to like get get the kind of stuff out of your body. You, you, your, your nose fills up with mucus to stop anything else getting in, all these sort of things. All of your, all of your body sort of gets, kicks into these, these situations to start to fever, to sweat it out, you know, all that stuff, right? So what Wim was saying is that he could control that second line, that he could, he could kind of manage what happens in that situation. So they took him um, and they injected him, not with, be careful as well, because it's not, they don't inject him with E. coli, they inject him with a dead strain of E. coli bacteria, which is a slightly different thing. Um, so what that does is it gives the suggestion, it's not, if you inject someone with, with E. coli, then they, that's, that's quite a serious thing, but yeah. the dead strain of an E. coli bacteria means that the body doesn't distinguish it between it being alive or dead. So it basically thinks that it's it's being attacked, the internal body is being attacked. So it's a, it would immediately go into that, into fever, into you know headache and nausea and being sick and all these sort of things as a response to that, that situation. So Wim gets injected with this stuff and so do a bunch of other people and they're all sick and sweating and uh, gotta feel terrible and nothing happens to Wim. He doesn't, he doesn't uh, kind of, doesn't get a, it gets a ma- very mild headache that is what his descri- his description was and he puts this down to his this his ability to deep breathe and, and kind of affect how his body reacts to these um, immune responses and what happened with that then so they said oh you're just a freak you're just this one-off there's something biologically different to you than everyone else and he said no it's not that it, the reason i am able to do these things is because of the things that i've done the thing the trainings that i have carried out the, the time that i've spent in cold water the deep breathing exercises that i do every day this is the reason why i can control my internal systems not not because of anything else not because of some magic or whatever so to prove it then he took a group of 12 people and he took 12 volunteers he took them to uh, this house in poland and he uh, trained them in the breathing techniques similar to the ones that you've carried out he took them into deep freezing water in in polish mountains and then he walked up a mountain in uh, called mount Sneska in poland in his shorts with these 12 other other people and then this is over the course of four days and he took those 12 people back to the scientists to the doctors in the university and all of those people were injected with this e coli bacteria dead strain and all of the people were able to do exactly what Wim was able to do which was to fight it off at that stage so uh, suddenly you had this this okay so it's not just about Wim it's like this actually works this is under a trial you know a tried tested scientific measure that this actually there's that he is able to affect his immune system and stop it stop it kind of flushing out the body in the way that that it would it would normally so it's you know it's it's the the papers are really interesting reading it well i mean it's it's a complex one but it's yeah so it's yeah. out there for all the reading now. It, it's crazy all the, all the things that you see and hearing that explanation like that as well and knowing how many people he has trained it's just I think that is the impressive part, isn't it? Like you say, you can, they, they thought he was a freak, but he's, and if he could do these things just himself, but to be able to train people. Um, so he can basically take the average person and, and 
do that with them in a set amount of time is it yeah, I mean, well, it's basically it's it's it, there. There sort of is no such thing as the average person. We're all we're all right, capable yeah. of this. That's the thing. It's like we all all we need to do is to 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 learn and get access to it and and learn how to breathe deeply and experience um, putting our bodies into these um, deep states of uh, short periods of stressful situations through through ice cold baths and. Uh, and some deep conscious breathing, but there's one component which we haven't talked about, which is what he talks about a lot, which is the he, this is all connected to the power of the mind, to the the ability of him, the ability of using your mind to influence these things. That's essentially what he's doing. So um, he 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 talks about being able and has been it has been measured now that he's able to manage change the temperature of his skin just by thinking about it. Yeah, because I saw this with um, when he did the hour and forty two minutes in the ice. And he was saying that the the thing that the scientists were most shocked by was uh, his skin temperature wouldn't change, um, and they, they tested it on other people, and and their skin temperature would drop, but he was able to just immobilize and change that the same way he does with his immune system, and that to me that just blows my mind. Uh, yeah, that is a crazy thing, really. So he he essentially and uh i've been in a room with women he when he's talked about this and someone asked him he's like so he said that he can control his blood vessels just like he can control moving his fingers and 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 someone said but how do you do that and he's like i don't know <laughs> <laughs> and if you if and i was like well that's not very helpful because i'm there as like trying to learn as an you know future instructor and then i i started to think about it more and it's like well if actually if someone asks you how do you move your hands it's how do you do how do you, you don't really know you yeah. know you can't really explain that to someone how you move and your hand we're so used to reading certain things like we've been talking about the science which is brilliant because it, it also strengthens this but we're so used to reading things it's like um i was speaking the other day about people experiencing nature and how we look at a book but really you need to get out and, and try it don't you and you have to as we mentioned earlier some things you can't explain uh, we just talked about that and said, yeah. uh, you know, the feelings that we've had through the breathing. So yeah. it makes sense, doesn't it? Like you have yeah. to experience it. You do, you do. Yeah. And I think that, 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 that just that, that idea that, that, you know, as far as women's, women's concerned is that we can access en almost any part of our body through, through thinking, you know, we can, we can affect almost any part of our body through thinking. And so that, and, but it's only if we train our bodies to or train our minds and our bodies to connect in that way. And what he's saying, I think, it, you know, my understanding of what he's saying is that, you know, through this process of spending significant periods of time in cold water, in cold environments, he started to build this connection between his mind and his, his, his blood vessels in a way that, you know, generally other people don't do. But probably all of those people in those ancient civilizations had to do because that was how they survived. You know, that's how they, how they managed these harsh, harsh environments, you know. And Wim always talks about that, that nature is our teacher and harsh nature is our greatest teacher. That's one of the things that he always says. I like that. I've never felt more motivated to jump in a cold shower. <laughs> <laughs> give it a try. Give it a try, man. <laughs> yeah, I've been doing that all this year as well. And that's, oh, you uh, have? Yeah, yeah. Of yeah, I've, I've, I've taken a few days where I've not. But um, most, most days I have um, done it. And yeah, it's getting easier. And uh, I've been looking into, I just got Wim Hof's book, actually. I'm just reading about his story. Um, what's uh -huh. it like? You just said you've been in a room with him. What's it like meeting him? Is he... Can you feel that presence from him? Yes. 
yes. he's yes. a character, isn't he? He's more than a character. So the first time I met him, we so part of the tri- we we did two trips away with him uh, during the training, which I think he's going to stop doing actually. But um, so I'm going obviously that's very good for me, but but a shame for other people he'll he'll not get to train with him. But um, yeah, so the first the first week of training is in his house in in uh, Strew, which is just uh, is about uh, an hour away from Amsterdam in the netherlands it's i say it you don't stay in his like his house but he has a you know kind of area where we we stayed and trained and um yeah he 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 wasn't supposed to be there for the first few days because something had come up so we weren't expecting to see him and then someone had said that he might not be there at all it wasn't kind of it was one of those things that might happen because he's busy you know he's off doing you know going around the world or whatever but so we're all there, all kind of nervous, you know, you know, as you are whenever you go to do something new. No one knows each other, and we're all from all different parts of the world, and you know, chatting, blah blah blah. And then the next thing you know, we just this man just bursts into the room <laughs> in like bright pink shorts, you know, and a bandana, and he's just like dancing into the room, and everyone's just like, oh my god, it's Wim, and you know, the place just like you could feel not just his energy, but you know, those. There were 30 people training together. There's, you know, you could feel all of their energy just lift, and yeah. And then he kind of, we ended up giving us like a two-hour lecture of just kind of what he'd been up to recently, and and just kind of getting into all of the the, the interesting things that he'd been doing. It was, yeah, the, it was an experience. But the thing about the thing about it is, is that there's this, there's the persona, you know, the kind of uh, that side of whim and the whim maybe that you would see on on interviews and uh, on YouTube or TV or whatever you might see him where it's this big, big, larger life work kind of, you know, I'm the, I'm the Iceman, you know. Um, but there's also this, like, this other side, um, which, you know, uh, he's recently had a, a, a child and you see him playing with his, his son and, you know, and, and, um, and, and there's this kind of incredible, like, you know, he's just a man, you know, he's just a man like the rest of us. And, um, you know, he's, he's also a man that kind of went through incredible difficulties in his life to get to this, this point and is now, you know, legitimately changing the world, you know, and, I, and, and that's an incredible thing to, for me, it's an incredible thing to, to, to have been in his presence, to have learned from him, to be taught by him and to be able to share his, his kind of, his message and his vision is I feel really, really grateful to have experienced it myself. But yeah, he's, he's a nutcase. Like that's the, <laughs> he's an absolute nutcase. And that's not a, that's not a, uh, he wouldn't take, he wouldn't be offended by me saying that to him. No, you know? definitely not. And uh, yeah. yeah. And and I'm sure you'd have to be to, to get to the stage where he's at, as you say, he went through all these things. And sometimes it takes that to really pull out this, um, how special he is and these things that he's, he's found to, to teach everyone. It's pretty incredible. Um, and yeah, I'm just grateful that I've managed to experience it now through you and through looking up Wim Hof and, and seeing these things. And it's, like I said, it's, uh, it's very synchronistic the way the lockdown happened and my friend put me in touch with you. And then I'd already been, I've spent years looking into Wim, Wim Hof and the, his achievements, but never mm-hmm. committing, doing a little bit here and there, not really understanding it. Still not, you know, completely still learning about it. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm really grateful for that as well. Uh, what, what would you advise other people to do um, to get into this? Or is there anything you tell them to look into or maybe try the cold exposure? Or is that something that you think people should wait 
Initially. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. Whenever, what would I say? I mean, I think you just got to do your own research, really. I mean, do just type Wim Hof into Google. There's endless stuff there. Spend some time on his website, perhaps, and and see. And there's lots of they do quite a bit of free, you know, little sort of taster sessions and those sort of things. But um, you know, just just learn a little bit about about the man, about the method, and 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 I think the thing about anything that you try, anything new that you try, you kind of have to want to do it. You can't do it going in with a sort of expectation. I'm doing this because I want the benefits of this or like I expect this to fix me in some way. Like you sort of, it has to be almost just that, that you really feel drawn to this type of experience or to try this new thing. So if you go into it with the attitude of like, oh, well, I hear all these people talking about how they have these wonderful experiences. So I want that experience. If you go in with that, that mindset chances are you won't have that experience but if you go into a breathing session or you you try to you know have a cold shower do any of these cold exposure things and you learn the proper ways to do it the ways to deal with it then if you go into it with just an open mind of not any expectations spend your expectations then there's every possibility that you will have a, a kind of over a period of time you, you could have a, a genuinely life-changing experience i mean the, the thing is to to probably is that I wish that I had had the option, you know, weirdly now of, uh, of, of experiencing an online breathing session. I know this is going to sound like a plug for my sessions, but you know, it, they're, 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 they're amazing ways into understanding, you know, just how powerful this stuff can be. It, you know, the first session with me is free and then it's a fiver after that. So it's literally, you know, it's only a few quid. And if it doesn't work out for you and you don't want to do it, then you know, it's not that it's a fiver. It's worth, worth risking a fiver just to see whether, you know, it's for you or not in my opinion and then you can take that wherever you want to go you can come and see me every week if you want or you can just go and start doing your own your own thing you know whatever whatever it is but my my advice is that you you experience something enough so that you feel intrigued enough to kind of try and turn it into a daily practice my absolute goal for all of the people that i teach or that i guide through sessions is that they find a daily practice that involves some form of breathing activity and some form of, of cold exposure. And that's, and that's all I can really hope for because I know, I, you know, there are lots of things that can change your life, lots of things that can change your life for the better. And uh, there are lots of things that work and there's lots of things that don't work, but I know for a fact that this works. This is this, I know that this, that in my personal experience is something that, that fundamentally changed my life and I see it change people's lives and, and, you know, in front of me, you know, and it's, uh, that that might sound like a grand claim, but it's it's it's. Uh, I, I, see, I see as well. You seem to really um, take pleasure from that when we do the classes. You see people because I'm sure as well you can see it on people's faces. You you wear that stress sometimes, and then we go down, we lie down, <laughs> come back up, and I don't know what what I was stressed about before that. That's yeah. all gone at yeah. the end of it. It's literally like, yeah, it's like one person is sitting up and they go down and then a new person comes yeah. back up, you <laughs> yeah. know, I see it all the time. It's such a joy. Yeah. Um, and it's like, it's easily the best part of my week at the minute, you know, which is a bizarre thing. You know, I didn't even think this was a possibility to, to, to do sessions like that. You know, prior to this, this would have been basically I was only doing a workshop once a month you know, um, which would have been, as I say, 20 people max, usually about 10, 15. 
and obviously that's a five hour session it's a lot different to the one hour sessions that we're doing much more intense and it's much more about setting you up with the fundamental skills that you need to to kind of develop your own uh, relationship with the Wim Hof method so that is that is really the like the once you've made the commitment that you're at least interested enough to find out more about the Wim Hof method that's the thing you got to do next which is to get on to a fundamentals workshop now they're all suspended at the minute until until the rules are unlocked lockdown change um but i suspect probably you know i'm aiming about september time i'm hoping to be able to have a workshop again in september um and and that is a that is a kind of that's a game changer in itself as well so that's whenever you'll start to experience just what is possible you know what is what is possible for you and your your own body and your future and all these things that that you experience in these five-hour workshops is that you really discover what you are capable of and what your body's possible what's possible for your body to do you know? yeah that's a, that's initially um what i wanted to try and that's definitely i'll definitely sign up for that as soon as we can um mm. but yeah i urge everyone to to give your classes a go to look up wim half um and just like you say you need to resonate first it needs to resonate with you before um because you see that in exercise as well when people say i want to lose weight but or, or something like that it's a throwaway comment you really need to resonate and look into it and then once you're ready it's uh yeah for me I, i'm saying this and i've only done four <laughs> classes but i'm i'm sold on it and it's uh yeah i've already felt the benefits but um yeah i'm really grateful thanks brian for the classes and for coming on the podcast really appreciate it mate it's, it's my pleasure dan i really you know when anyone ever whenever anyone reaches out to me i'm just so grateful so yeah my absolute pleasure yeah <laughs> thanks so much thanks thanks so much